Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into this special episode of the Brain Rules Podcast, Episode 7. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Anu Kumar, and I'm currently a junior at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, studying neuroscience and plan to attend graduate school after I'm finished with undergrad, which is why I'm doing a special episode over one of the bills that just passed the House less than a week ago, H.R. 1, also known as the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. If you've got some friends in grad school or thinking about grad school, you may have heard of this bill from them. You might have also heard that they will be unfairly taxed for their education and might be wondering, how does this affect me? If you're currently studying at a four-year institution to receive your bachelor's, if you're a Tennessee resident taking advantage of the free community college education, if you plan to attend college in the future or are a small business owner or are working for an independent company or industry looking to hire people to train your staff, or you're part of a public or private school system looking for education administrators, this bill will affect you. Now that I hopefully have your attention, let's dig into what this bill holds for the American people as well as where you can find more information about this. A great website to use as a resource is govtracks.us. On this website, you can currently view all the bills that are being processed in Congress and view summaries as well as the full text of the bill if you prefer. So the highlights of the bill include lowering corporate tax from 35% to 20%. On top of that, it includes not taxing corporations on their international income. So if a company sells a product domestically and internationally, they will get taxed 20% on their domestic income only. So whatever they make overseas is essentially free money that they can do with as they please. And as of right now, I wasn't able to find anything Uh, in terms of any sort of plan to put in place to make sure that these companies are using this extra money to put into the paychecks of their workers rather than using it for something else. So this bill is also accompanied by removing the alternative minimum tax, or AMT for short. So uh, AMT prevents extremely wealthy corporations from skimping on paying what would be considered a fair share of taxes to a certain amount by making sure there's a bare minimum tax rate that they have to pay if they make more than $7.5 million every three years. So it keeps corporations' tax rates from decreasing below um, a certain level if they make the $7.5 million every three years. So on the policy highlights page that the U.S. House of Representatives Committees on Ways and Means put together about the bill, the only part of the AMT repeal that they mention is that families would not have to, quote, worry about calculating their taxes twice each year and pay the higher amount, unquote. And according to Accounting Web, the people that are most affected by AMT are within the 200000 to 500000 annual income range. And in 2013, about 24.33% of Americans who earned $10 million or more in annual income had to pay it. So these are just some of the highlights for individuals and businesses, but I want to move into what the meat of this of this discussion will be, which will be how does this affect higher education? Before this bill, um, students are able to deduct up to $2,500 on their taxes due to student loans. So if this bill passes in order to help compensate for the big tax cuts made to businesses, this will no longer be an available option. How this affects you will depend on the income you make while you're a student. So if you're still um, filed as a dependent under upper middle class to wealthy parents or guardians, this might not be an issue. However, students who are self-sustaining with low incomes will be greatly affected by paying taxes on their full loan amount. So as of last night, uh, slash this morning when I put together this script, this version of the bill that passed the House also counts graduate school tuition waivers as taxable income. 
So what does that mean if you're looking at graduate school? It means if you get accepted into a graduate program in your field, you will receive a tuition waiver, a stipend, and either work as a teaching assistant, perform research, or somehow actively work for the department that you're studying under. So typically, you'd only be taxed on your stipend because that is counted as your income. However, if the House version of this bill is adopted by the Senate, then that means the tuition you would normally have to pay but don't pay because the tuition waiver will be added to an individual's gross income. And according to Snopes, as well as some critical thinking, this puts the graduate student in a higher tax bracket, which will cause the individual's income to be much, much lower than it would have been already. And as anyone who has ever struggled financially at one point in time would know, a penny saved isn't always a penny earned. Not having to pay tuition does not equal receiving that amount of money as actual income. So now it comes to the inevitable question, why do we need graduate programs? Why can't college graduates just get a job after school? The simple answer is that some professions require more certification and experience beyond a bachelor's degree. A few examples of professions that are essential, according to Business Insider's article, the 11 highest paying jobs you can get with a master's degree include statisticians, occupational therapists, education administrators, which are K-12 and beyond, physician assistants, and nurse practitioners, and these are just few examples. If a job doesn't require at least a master's degree to obtain it, it is required to advance into higher positions. For instance, many college graduates that have a bachelor's in a natural science field but don't go off to med school typically work in the industry doing something along the lines of quality control or lab work. It's essentially considered entry-level work for that field, so if you want to run your own lab or teach in higher ed, you need to obtain a PhD. Some school systems prefer high school teachers have a master's before they teach AP courses, and most guidance counselors are actually expected to have a master's before even being considered for the job. According to GovTrack's overview of the bill, it would, quote, increase the deficit by $1.7 trillion over 10 years, unquote. And as many people would like to point out, there is no such thing as free money. It's got to come from somewhere. Another place it could come from that already has a rising cost year to year is undergraduate tuition. So here's where some of the conflict of interest and and dare I say, some flat out irony, especially in Tennessee, comes into play. So if you are an out-of-state listener or are just not aware of it, Tennessee is the first and currently only state in the U.S. that has made it free to attend community college and get an associate's degree. This is a great program because it helps people get started on the road to higher education through manageable baby steps and hitting a higher-paying job milestone along the way if students choose to pursue that. So it also provides an alternative career path for individuals who don't want or need a four-year institution to get where they want to be, because not everyone needs a four-year college education. Now, having said that, I think passing this bill with the House's intentions of making tuition waivers taxable, as well as other implications for the education system, would really make a conflicted statement when people look at Tennessee. So what kind of statement would we send to our state's residents and residents across the country if we promote one kind of education but attempt to devalue another? And I don't want this point to derail into, well, just get rid of the Tennessee Promise and Tennessee Reconnect, um, the free community college programs. No, it's a, they're great programs and they need to be kept. But just like we need many skilled trade workers, we need researchers, we need public officials, we need principals and physicians assistants, political scientists and statisticians. We need music professors and guidance counselors. 
And how do we get these people through graduate programs, through education beyond a bachelor's degree? So let's say this gets through the Senate and the Senate decides to keep the section of taxing tuition waivers because currently the version of the bill that passed the House uh, a little bit less than a week ago kept that part in, but the Senate is currently looking at taking that section out. So what kind of effect will that have on our education and, and progress as a whole if this bill decides to tax graduate students on their tuition waivers? First of all, students will pick one of two options. One, just get a job that's not in your desired field to avoid having an unsustainable income to live off of. High school and undergraduate students um, may be expected to work a side job in order to help keep their expenses under control, but should we really expect that from a graduate student? Should we really expect someone who is trained to develop new ways to quickly identify and treat cancer cells or developing a groundbreaking cybersecurity system to work a side job that may or may not have anything to do with their profession. When you're trained to be skilled at your profession at a certain level, you must be willing to devote as much time as you can to mastering your craft, which is why graduate programs offer a stipend and waive tuition in the first place. They recognize that being at graduate school is your job. That's what you're there to do. The second possible outcome is that American students will simply do what other students in other countries have done so far, leave their home country in search of better academic opportunities. Many graduate students are international students because the U.S. has some very competitive programs that attract talent and intellect from across the globe. If taxable tuition waiver passes with this bill, then the script will flip. It won't be as difficult as you might think it would be because, for example, many European countries offer graduate programs to international students for a very comparable price and many programs are taught in English. So language barriers essentially are eliminated depending on the program and country you're applying to. The amount of people seeking higher education beyond a bachelor's will be limited to the wealthy few who can afford it if this bill passes. This principle goes against what many Americans think of America, which is a place where you have the opportunity to come from nothing and follow your passion in a way that adds value to the community around you. So what happens when we have too few psychologists, astrophysicists, and education administrators? We will fall behind on research, whether that be researching the current psychological effects of prison and how we can better improve our infrastructure on that system to be more effective and rehabilitating, or learning about black holes and exploring space, or finding ways for teachers to be more effective when teaching students who have learning disabilities. As I mentioned earlier, this research will still continue in other parts of the world where there won't be a financial barrier holding back individuals from pursuing careers they're passionate about and are extremely important. After hearing how this bill will affect everyone in the long run, I urge you to contact your senators. For Tennessee, Senator Lamar Alexander's office can be reached by 202-224-4944, and Senator Bob Corker's office can be reached by 202-224-3344. You can also find their emails as well as the contact information for your senators if you're not in Tennessee on www.usa.gov slash elected hyphen officials and click on U.S. Senators, enter the state you live in, and click on the email contact link to send an email to them via the website. So to close out the special episode of the Brain Rules podcast, I want to share my goals and plans after graduating college with you all. So for those of you who don't know anyone who plan to go to graduate school and what they're passionate about, now you will. 
Like I said, I'm currently a junior studying neuroscience. The section of neuroscience that I specifically want to pursue are the molecular mechanisms behind memory formation and information acquisition. I want to research what exactly happens in the brain when we form new memories down to the molecular level and use that information to assist educators to teach with more effective and less time-consuming methods to a wider variety of cortical capabilities, such as someone who is a fast reader compared to someone with dyslexia. My ultimate goal is to run my own lab, either independently or through a university, teach at the post-secondary level, and to train or apprentice students who are dedicated to pursuing neuroscience research. So thank you guys so much for sticking with me through this episode. I know it's not the usual material I cover, but as you know, even science can get political sometimes. The next episode will cover the usual kind of topics, but until then, I'm Anu Kumar, and I hope you learned something new today.